Hello and welcome to the Parish Podcast of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Church in the Woodlands, Texas. We're excited to share with you Sunday at St. Anthony's, a homily message from this past weekend that we hope you'll find enlightening. Thanks for tuning in and praying with us. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And after having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Know, dear brothers and sisters, that as we rejoiced at the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, so by leave of God's mercy, we announce to you also the joy of his resurrection, who is our Savior. On the second day of March, we fall Ash Wednesday, and the beginning of the fast of the most sacred Lenten season. On the 17th day of April, you will celebrate with joy Easter Day, the Paschal Feast of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the 29th day of May will be the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the fifth day of June, the Feast of Pentecost. On the 19th day of June, 
the feast of the most holy body and blood of Christ. On the 27th day of November, the first Sunday of the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom is honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. If you're wondering what just happened, this is called the sequence uh, of the Epiphany, where we announce the major celebrations of the year, even the specific dates, and we underline the centrality of the resurrection of Jesus, Easter. And so it's based on Easter that the whole calendar of the church is based. And so it reminds us to be prepared for all these beautiful celebrations. Let me start by telling you a story. An elderly woman walked into the local church and the friendly usher noticed she was new and greeted her at the door and helped her into the church. Where would you like to sit? He asked politely. The front pew, please. Oh, you really don't want to do that, said the usher. The priest is really boring. Do you happen to know who I am? asked the woman. No, said the usher. I'm the mother of the priest, she said indignantly. I see, said the usher. Well, do you know who I am? he asked. No, she said. Good. And he ran out, and he ran out as quickly as he could. <laughs> so, this is an example of someone who wants to remain anonymous, unknown, which is the opposite of the feast or the solemnity we celebrate today. God manifesting himself, the true God, wanting to be known, to be known. <clears throat> As I mentioned in the first reading, Isaiah prophesizes the gathering of the nations to Christ. He doesn't mention Christ, but it's the, the prophecy of when Christ would come, which is now, which we live. And he addressed, as I said, Jerusalem as a person. Today we know that this new Jerusalem is the church, us, right now, right here. Today, one in three persons of the world identify as followers of Christ. That's a total of 2.2 billion people, of whom, of whom about half are Catholics. And so Jesus continues to attract people to himself. The gospel presents us the Magi, who represent scholars, academics, smart people, those who give their lives to learning, to the acquisition of wisdom. And these Magi are wise men in that they demonstrate true wisdom. In some way, they saw in the child Jesus a gift of God to humanity, a sign of the love of God for everyone. But true wisdom recognizes wisdom's uh, limits. As Paul reminds us, as in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, there is something higher than wisdom, and this is love. Love is the ultimate wisdom. 
These intellectuals, these magi, get down on their knees and bow before the greater, something greater than themselves, the love of God, a love which is as humble and unthreatening as a baby in his mother's lap. So far from de detracting from their wisdom, their humility in the face of love enhances their wisdom. This reminds us, or should remind us, to avoid pride in all its forms, including intellectual pride. The Magi are scholars who bow their intellect before the reality of love and humility. In our lives as Christians, as Catholics, we've received the fullness of truth and we should always remember the humility of the Magi. We're called to dialogue, to build friendships with persons of other churches, other religions, or even with persons with no faith at all. In the church, this means maintaining a balance between what we call apologetics and ecumenism or and interfaith dialogue. What is apologetics? It's the discipline of knowing and being able to explain our knowledge of scripture from which we extract doctrine and to do so through systematic argumentation. We all have to know our faith more and more because otherwise we don't know why we believe what we believe and why we do the things we do. If we engage others in matters of faith without knowing our own, we might create a sort of syncretistic mixture of ideas. We are, we're, in call, we're called instead to contribute to unity and when, within that unity to appreciate the other's diversity and to be appreciated in our own uniqueness. We have to know who we are and possess ourselves so as to truly be gifts for others. Ecumenism, on the other hand, which came forth during the Second Vatican Council, I don't know if some of you remember when it was a sin to go into a non-Catholic church. It used to be. <laughs> but from that Vatican Council, this dialogue of ecumenism which is to dialogue theologically with other Christians as we journey together toward the realization of Jesus' prayer that all may be one. In fact, this month from January 18th through the 25th, throughout the world, we'll be living the week of prayer for Christian unity, which happens every January. The church also engages in interfaith dialogue or dialogue with world religions. And the church even seeks dialogue with persons of no particular religious convictions, but who have goodwill. How many of you know who is the pres cardinal president of the ecumenical dialogue? He's a Swiss guy. His name is Cardinal Kurt Koch. So he uh, is in responsible for this dialogue in the church. And the cardinal in charge of dialogue with 
other religions is a Spanish cardinal named Miguel Angel Ayuso Quixote. And the cardinal in charge of dialoguing with persons of other with persons of no religious convictions, which we call the dialogue with culture, is Cardinal Gianfranco Ravazzi. Just to say that the church is actively involved in these dialogues. And so St. John Paul II said that to dialogue, we first have to build friendships of respect and of trust. And then within that relationship, we share our treasures in a respectful announcement. This is what he called it. In that way, love allows truth to blossom. And we know that Jesus is the truth. I personally have learned never to speak about religion if there isn't first respect and mutual and friendship that has been built. I've learned never to impose the truth, even if I know it, but to first listen and know where people are on their faith journey and then offer what I can to help them take the next step on that journey, starting right where they are. St. John Paul II also pointed out that there are, there, there are seeds of the truth, seeds of the truth in other religions, almost every religion. And an example of one of those seeds is the golden rule. We Christians know it from Luke's gospel, which says, do to others as you, as you would have them do to you. Judaism, Judaism knows it from the book of Tobit. Do to no one what you yourself dislike. In Islam, in the Quran, it reads, none of you is a true believer if you do not desire for your brother what you desire for yourself. In Hinduism, do not do to others what, 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 do not do to others what would make you suffer if it were done to you. And in Buddhism, hurt not others with that which pains you. Even non-believing agnostics agree with this philosophy of life. And yet, because Jesus himself, who is the truth, also said it in the context of loving your enemy, it is truth. And there are seeds of this truth in other religions. What this phrase means and what these phrases mean is respect and love your neighbor. If love prevails in any situation, then Christianity prevails. So if we can build upon this truth, the golden rule will be in great shape. Let's pray for all those who live the golden rule that we may build upon that truth. Now, many of us have friends and relatives who have either left the faith, changed, changed their faith, are indifferent, or grow up having no faith at all. Today's Feast of the Epiphany is an opportunity to entrust those seem, who seem far from God to God, and especially to entrust the many who were once close to him but no longer are 
because maybe of the evils in the church, in the world, that have taken them away from God and his church. We pray that everyone search for him with a pure and sincere heart. Let's entrust all those who have lost their faith to God. May a ray of God's light make its way to them that because of their sincerity and goodwill, the star that leads to Jesus might shine at least for a moment so that they too will know the joy of those who acknowledge and love God. Amen.